Hey guys, welcome to episode 48 of Bo Knows Stuff, joined by Molly King, a physical therapist. She has started Free MVMT, Free Movement, uh, which I've been a big fan of for a while. I check them out on Instagram all the time and Facebook. They have some great posts around our troubled profession, let's say, of physical therapy and some of the uh, absurdities that are out there and, and trying to bring some common sense and just facts and numbers and, and uh, putting it into these really cool graphics. So I really, really think that uh, the, the, the approach they've taken is awesome. On top of the clinic they have there in Minnesota, Minnesota, eh? Am I allowed to do that accent or impression? I don't know. Uh, I grew up with Bobby's World, if anyone remembers that one. Anyone uh, old enough to remember that one? Uh, with the Don't you know now, Bobby? No? No? And Fargo, Fargo the movie, a little different, a little different area. But anywho, uh, really hope you guys enjoy this uh, chat with Molly King. And uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a review, rating, uh, and, and just keep the momentum rolling. Your support means a lot. Uh, always want your feedback. So if you guys uh, check it out and, and leave a comment, it uh, really means a lot. Or send me a direct message. Let me know what I could be doing better if you have some ideas for other guests to have on or, or anything like that, uh, would really appreciate it. So enjoy the episode and get 1% better. Peace. Hey guys. Good. There's a lot of them. <laughs> There's a lot. We are here live with Dr. Molly King in Plymouth, Minnesota suburb of Minneapolis. She just told me I would have had no idea about that. Um, <laughs> so I'm out here in Superior, Colorado in between Denver and Boulder, and this is Bono Stuff, and if you haven't already, like, share, subscribe, all that stuff, wherever you're watching, listening, all that good stuff, blah, 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 boop, 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 I'll get better at that one day, probably not. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to share that, uh, yeah, we were, I, I think we just kind of connected on Facebook, and then I saw that you were the brains and the brawn, as you said, <laughs> behind uh, Free MVMT, do you pronounce it Free Movement? Yep, we do. Okay, so yeah, and if you guys haven't checked that account out, Feel free to either click off here or get another device if you have one and, and go check it out because, um, and I've reposted that stuff uh, many times not knowing uh, who was behind it. And here we are, we found Molly, Dr. Molly. And uh, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite accounts in terms of, uh, I think I told hers uh, for the last few years, again, there's a lot of frustration for people like me in the physical therapy space who uh, we have our doctorates and I've kind of had to as I tell people, shy away from even using the term physical therapy because it's so uh, popularized as heat, electrical stim, a little bit of massage, maybe some yellow therabands. And yeah, you can see if you're watching uh, the frustration on <laughs> Molly's <laughs> face. And uh, it's so frustrating. And so for a long time, the other component of that is people who end up coming to me uh, much later in their journey of an injury and they went to see their orthopedist or their general practitioner, they got x-rays, they got MRIs, they did all these things. And you know, one of those things is like, hey, if you come to see a physical therapist first, like we know what we're doing, we can show you what you need to do. And if it's really bad, we can say, yeah, you do need to go get an x-ray or an MRI. Uh, and I was actually very happy to find out here in Colorado, I can order imaging, uh, my previous two states, yeah, lucky <laughs> my you. My previous two states, uh, New York and California, much more restrictive. I don't. It sounds like Minnesota is not super nope. open with all that. Yeah, nope. I can apparently, and this is the first state I've lived in and practiced in that I can actually do dry needling. Uh, the uh, two of the other ones, New York and California, have blocks on that. Uh, thank you, acupuncture lobby or whoever else is 
behind all that. But anyway, <laughs> we're talking some deep problems here. So I'm going to stop rambling and, and just, again, say that uh, some of those posts that, again, you'll see on, on her channel are like, uh, go see, you know, PT first uh, before, if you have an ankle sprain. And that's going to, on average, save you $1,400 versus going through the normal process that most people know and are familiar with. So any who's it's. Um, Let's maybe jump over right to the, you, you had it as your third one. I don't know if it's, it's kind of jumping doesn't ahead. Doesn't matter. Doesn't Tell matter. Us what yeah. inspired you to do it? I'm sure it takes a lot of time, effort, energy uh, to, to do that, but uh, tell us about the, the inspiration there and I love it. So tell us. Yeah. So um, just about two years ago, our two year birthday for free movement is next Monday, May 9th. So we're super excited about that. But um, my boss and I had been talking about, um, some of the issues with spreading awareness for physical therapy and what we can do and how do we um, connect directly with um, the patient in a way that makes sense to them. Um, and we were really struggling with that. And we talked about it for a long time. Oh, we're going to start an Instagram. We're going to start an Instagram. Um, and finally, one day, we're just like, how about today? And so free movement was born. Um, and we just started out with the goals of providing information about physical therapy and how it can help them directly to patients. That's our first goal. Then also teaching other healthcare providers um, about how we can help their patients. Uh, and then providing physical therapists with the resources to do the same within their own practice. So that was kind of the idea behind free movement. And over time, it's kind of evolved. Um, we have let our followers kind of help guide us in what we focus on. Um, I'll have people reach out to me all the time saying, hey, can you do a post on tennis elbow or something like that? Because I'm seeing a lot of this in my practice and I need to be able to communicate this to um, my current patients and um, people in the general population who may become my patients. Um, we also throw some funny stuff in there, a few memes, um, and that kind of thing, but, uh, it's been really fun and we enjoy the journey it's taken us on. Yeah. And again, like I, 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 I don't know, I didn't look at like all your numbers or whatever, but I just mm -hmm. think it's important that we do just, yeah, continue to spread these messages. Uh, cause it, it really is frustrating. And, and again, it, it's at the end of the day, so I'll, I'll over stereotype, I'll go ahead and take the 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 reins on that one and say again physical therapists for the most part get into the profession because they genuinely just want to help people feel better and yes. and like help them get out of pain and rehab is the traditional kind of concept and the profession was born out of uh extra or lack of nurses in the in world war one and and you know like hey we need to help these people fix their injuries so uh there's definitely some of that and whereas you know i'll, I'll Again, I had a, a, a really good chiropractor on a few episodes ago um, out here. Uh, we got to do one in person, but uh, yeah. So, uh, but at the same time, I'll stick with the, the stereotype that chiropractors tend to be a little more entrepreneurial and they tend to go quickly into uh, running their own business and things like that. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but uh, they kind of, uh, there, there's that interesting uh, paradigm of, they're a little outside the system, uh, and and again, without going too down too many political rabbit holes, if you will, um, we'll we'll just say again the the, the fact that PTs uh, don't get a lot of marketing, right? Mm -hmm. And now now there's this these crops that, uh, that we've been talking about. If you're anywhere on the PT Twitter space, 
um, this cash-based term, and there's all these masterminds around, mm -hmm. hey, uh, you know what, the services you offer are very important, and how do we get them to, to better serve a wider population? So if you're focusing, and, and a lot of it is niching down, um, mm -hmm. and so I don't know when we'll ever be able to get to a point where PTs might be the, the first line of actual defense for something like back pain or an ankle sprain or tennis elbow, like you said. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I don't know if you feel like even in the two years that you've um, started this account, if you feel like there's been some progress uh, that you've seen, or is it just we're fighting this incredibly uphill battle? And and like you know, uh, just I guess yeah, I don't know, I don't know if 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 you can comment on the grandiosity of all that. Absolutely. Um, I think we are fighting a huge uphill battle. Um, being the frontline provider for orthopedic pain and injury, um, neurological issues, that kind of thing, uh, we're fighting against this huge corporate healthcare system that has physicians at the top for literally everything. Um, and, you know, I've had people who have come in from with a referral from their podiatrist because they have back pain, but that's the doctor that they see most frequently. And I'm like, what are you seeing a podiatrist for, for back pain um, or something like that, or a cardiologist, that kind of thing. So we are, we are always fighting up the hill of the idea where people think I need to go to my doctor first for everything. My doctor knows it all. Um, when in reality, that's just going to send you through the system. You're going to start with your PCP who they're fabulous, but they know a little bit about a lot of things. And their goal is to direct them to the more specialized provider which in the traditional system tends to be, okay, next step is ortho. We get an MRI. And then eventually we end up with the physical therapist anyway. Um, but just getting the general public to see, you know, if you have, you know, insidious onset of back pain or if you sprain your ankle, you don't need to do all those steps. You can go right to your physical therapist. And that really starts with marketing and educating directly to the general population, to the patients we're already seeing, and to potential patients. Because we can save them a lot of time, pain, and money in the long run if they, um, they know to come see us. But that doesn't start within the traditional medical system. Um, that's not going to happen there. It needs to be from the outside, um, from some of the more independent practitioners um, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's been, it's been, I'll share my, I guess, two cents on the whole thing of, it's been a really interesting thing. I do want to clarify, I guess, real quick, uh, for anyone listening who might not be familiar, direct access is a mm -hmm. term in the, the healthcare space, I guess, that would imply, and it's different state to state. At this point, I believe all 50 states and the District of Columbia all have uh, some form of direct access. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think in New York, when I was practicing there, it was, uh, again, if you sprained your ankle, you could come see me. Uh, but after 30 days, or I think it was six visits or 10 visits, I forget the exact number. Then the theory is if you're not getting better, we should send you back to, or, or have you refer you out just because, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's about that control there. So, and every state's a little different. There's unlimited access, uh, in some states. So at the end of the day, um, yeah, I think there's this really interesting push for cash-based PT. Mm -hmm. I think that the health care in, or insurance is a whole nother concept and topic uh, that we don't, yeah, and we, <laughs> it's frustrating. And and uh, again, we, we can certainly probably gripe about that for an hour mm -hmm. or two. 
Um, but I'll come back to the fact that people, I think the consumer is slowly waking up to these concepts as they do more research again, as HSAs and FSAs become more of a, a popular thing, right? And there's this uh, hopefully healthier or more active or more informed uh, populace out there. And the stuff <laughs> is getting out there that, hey, uh, you should probably have something in case something, you know, uh, catastrophic happens. Yep. You know, the healthcare system is great if you, you're in a car accident and you, you end up in the hospital, like you probably want to have something. Uh, but if, if you're paying, I don't know, $1,200 a month, family three or something like, you know, that's a, a lower end. <laughs> um, but it, 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 it adds up. So the, the whole concept becoming, hey, have some catastrophic stuff, which is what we have. We have Liberty HealthShare uh, between yep. my wife and I, 500 bucks a month. Um, and as of now, they, they actually just raised that price uh, last year. Uh, it was three forty nine for a couple. And but yeah, five hundred bucks a month is a lot better. Uh, mm -hmm. And I actually heard about it originally on some other podcast, so that's what led me there. So hopefully, somebody listening might be like, "Oh, what's that?" and investigate that. And like, I'd rather save some money and not pay ridiculous amounts of um, insurance that that we're going into this crazy system. But then on top of that, saying the things that I, I actually want to pay for and it, take care of my health and be proactive about insurance generally is not going to cover that. If you have it through your job, maybe great. There might be some other ways. And I had some uh, HR people on a uh, couple other podcasts uh, episodes early on where you should be much more aware of what you're capable of doing within your uh, rights as an employee and, and, you know, being able to switch things around. So on top of all that though, uh, coming back to it is, yeah, I think that hopefully we're seeing this concept. So you're you're one of the things you want to talk about is marketing direct to patients. Yep. So again, like for me, that's where my business has shifted of, yeah, let's talk about sleep, nutrition. Let's get mm -hmm. you prepared for your physical retirement yes. um, on top of your 401k that, you know, it's great if you have a million dollars sitting there when you turn 65 um, in your bank account. But if you're not physically capable of really utilizing that, um, what's the point? So, you know, what are we doing to prepare you for your physical retirement? So marketing direct to patients, I think, is is a tricky thing. Um, and I'll, I'll I guess I'll shift over to this real quick. Uh, you mentioned being that frontline provider, right, mm -hmm. for health as, as for something like a musculoskeletal, any musculoskeletal condition where we might be the best equipped um, in this healthcare system that, again, is just continuing to drain the economy year by year, day by day. Um, so. There was a study actually when, when the pandemic first started, I did a webinar with Evidence in Motion and there was a study that showed they did, uh, I forget what the sample size was, but they did a bunch of research and number when it comes to first provider you want to go to for low back pain, mm -hmm. I think number one was the orthopedic surgeon, number two was chiropractors, number three was massage therapists, number four was acupuncturists, and then I think at number five was, was physical therapists. Um, so yeah, again, I don't know, uh, you know, studies like that, educating the public, um, yeah, it, it, you know, your brand, I guess that's part of the mission that we're talking about here of, you know, yeah. Is, is there a way to start it's popular in, um, you know, I don't know how, uh, many different shows you can, we can reference where they show a physical therapist or they show a chiropractor, even in like a lot of, I always, I grew up with a lot of hip hop and, and rap and, you know, uh, I'm back like a chiropractor, like there's, mm -hmm. there's those like lines. And so I don't know physical, you know, I don't know where we start getting, you know, Jay-Z to rap about physical therapy. I don't know. Um, and Ke <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Hart went through some, some interesting physical therapy stuff, but it's like, there's still that image of if you have an injury, 
maybe a physical therapist at some point will be the one to get you back after you talk to your surgeon. So yeah, I don't yep. know how we continue to push uh, and, and maybe we can start calling out some names of like Kelly Starrett's and things like that, the, the leaders in, in our field. But I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, sorry, I went on a really long ramble there. I'm gonna That's okay. hand it back to you. I, I, I need to say less on these things and ask more <laughs> questions. So, but yeah, I don't know if there was any question in there, but if you can take that and run with it, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think part of it is our, traditionally as physical therapists, we haven't really felt the need to market a whole lot um, directly to patients because traditionally we're a part of the insurance-based system. We get almost all of our clients from physicians through the insurance network, et cetera. So we've never had to do that necessarily. We haven't developed that skills. It's not a part of our culture. Um, and so as more PTs step outside of the insurance world, um, they're starting to realize, oh, this is important and I need to do this. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I've seen on Facebook and, um, you know, different PT networking um, where people are like, oh, I just started my own practice. How do I get in with physicians? Blah, blah, blah. And the answer is you don't. 99% um, of those physicians are a part of a big corporate healthcare scheme where they already have PTs. Um, and, you know, whether they say it or not, there are some financial benefits to keeping all of your patients within that network. Um, and so networking with physicians is never going to work in the private um, PT world because there are fewer and fewer physicians out there um, who are still in private practice. Most of them are being bought out and, and adding into some of these larger healthcare corporations. Um, so it's like what we're so used to, that's probably not going to work in this setting a whole lot. Um, and so we need to totally kind of flip the script and we need to start talking to the people who could become our patients. Um, you know, people spend so much time fighting over patients with chiropractors and massage therapists and physicians and all of that stuff. But in reality, only like 7% of people with musculoskeletal pain or injury seek out care. They're, the whole other 93% are out there. We just need to do a better job of connecting with those people and saying, hey, you know, this type of pain isn't normal. It is not just a part of getting older. There is something that you can do about it and I can help you. Um, but making sure that that message is very patient directed and very specific and gives them the, the why. Why should you work with me? How can I help you? Um, and have it really kind of hit home with them um, versus trying to go through physicians, through insurance companies to get those patients. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a lot to overcome. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's, a, it's a culture thing. Yeah. Um, among physical therapists. It's really a culture thing. And I'm, I'm excited as I watch these younger, more entrepreneurial, entrepreneurially minded um, PTs on social media and that kind of thing. And I think that my generation, we're kind of starting to wake up to the fact that, hey, you know, what PTs did 20 years ago, um, that's probably not going to work. I mean, it's not necessarily working right now. Um, and it's not going to work for much longer. So we need to start to evolve as a profession um, and and kind of look at new ways to grow and help people. 
Yeah, for sure. One thing I'm thinking of, and I don't know if you have this post, but when it comes to that direct marketing um, of something I struggle with when I have conversations with folks, and the question is always, do you take my insurance? Yep. That is the, the standard if somebody has health insurance, and again, they're paying a lot of money sure. per month. Uh, it's a very understandable question of I'm going to probably you know, utilize the, the funds I have and pay mm -hmm. less money theoretically. So I don't know if you have this post or if not, I'm making this public request of um, a version of cool, like traditional model, right? You, mm -hmm. you you have to go through that whole system we were talking about earlier. Of usually you have to, if you're just going to go through insurance, you usually have to go to a physician. They have to write a referral mm -hmm. for PT uh, twice a week for six weeks or whatever, and eval and treat as as the if you if any anyone in the PT space has mm -hmm. seen that you know prescription uh, eval and treat. What does that mean? Why did why did you need to really even be the one to say that? Um, <laughs> but yes. beyond that, beyond that of hey, how much how long is it going to take you to go? And now you're going to probably go twice a week for six weeks. And even though it's going through insurance, there's copays, there's mm -hmm. the time and energy lost. And and again, I don't, you know, I, I'm in a few journal clubs, and we talk about the research, and the research is a, a little all over the place, and it's always tricky, and you can find research to kind of prove whatever you want to some mm -hmm. extent. But I guess the question is, or if, if, and again, I don't know if you have this post or some version of that, but looking at over the course of, let's say, uh, low back pain being the most common. Uh, over the course of a six-week low back pain treatment, you have the mm -hmm. traditional model, which again is going to cost you this many hours too, which gets lost yes. in those concept of again. If you come to me, like a, I'm going to be able to develop. I don't want to see you that many times, you know. Yeah. And and I'll I'll shout out uh, like Danny Mata, uh, mm -hmm. Mata, if you know him, PT yep. entrepreneur, uh, PT Biz. I forget which exact brand he yep. has, but uh, yeah, they they do a big thing and and. Um, whatchamacallit, they, uh, they're really good at talking about like, hey, we're going to get, we're only going to, we only need like three visits on average, yep. right? Versus the twice a week for six weeks, which is 12. So now we're talking about nine less visits. Let's say it's even 20 minutes, you know, each way you do the math, you're just saving so much time. And again, one of my things that I've shifted to even before COVID times was a lot of online stuff. Uh, so I'm, I can send you workouts every day and check in with you. Hey, how's this going? How's this going? Are we on the right track? Uh, and I try to check in every single day which is, I think, you know, trying to be a disruptor in, in this awful model that we have of yep. here's your three exercises, like, you know, hopefully you're doing them. And then a week later, hey, did you do your exercises all week? Sure, maybe, whatever. Um, where, you know, clinicians who really care want to make sure that you're eating your vegetables, you're doing those exercises. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I don't know if you have that post of like, uh, I've seen a few out there, they're, they're not super like in your face. I don't know if studies need to be done around that, but uh, yeah. Do you know anything about like those numbers or is there anything like that? I do. We do have a, a post. I'll have to repost it. It's been a while, but we do have a, a post comparing um, insurance-based to cash-based physical therapy. And, you know, across the board, it's fewer visits. It costs less. Um, better outcomes. I've got it on a couple of like injury specific things, but also, um, comparing cash based to insurance based, um, PT. And that one got me in a little bit of hot water with some of the, uh, <laughs> with some of the insurance based PTs. And yeah. I'm like, I mean, the numbers don't lie. I hate to break yeah. it to you. Um, you know, and it's not that insurance based, based PT is bad. Um, it serves a very, very, 
um, necessary role in, in healthcare for a lot of people. But um, for people who are looking for something different, that are looking for something more personalized, who want to be more proactive about their health, um, cash-based PT can be great. The vast, ma- the vast majority of my patients um, who I see, they wouldn't necessarily qualify for insurance-based PT because it's not, you know, they are on the preventative end of the spectrum. They want to move better, feel better, perform better, um, but they're not injured by, by insurance-based standards. Um, so they could go to an insurance-based clinic um, and be charged up to Wazoo because they're going to charge them the same amount um, at their cash rate as they would um, to an insurance company because a lot of them don't have like a standardized cash rate um, and maybe get what they want. Or they can come and see me and be here less often and have a more personalized plan. And when they are here, they get more time with me um, and a little more just attention. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's nothing against insurance-based providers. It serves a great role. Um, but I know that it can be hard when you're in that setting to kind of see the differences um, in the cash-based world. So, Yeah, for sure. So uh, in this non-traditional podcast or live we're doing here, uh, why don't we now go to telling us about uh, the setting you work in and, and yeah. a little bit about how you work, who you, populations you're currently working with outside of the uh, free movement space. For sure. Um, so I work in a cash-based uh, physical therapy and um, athlete development setting. Um, we're called Inspired Athletics and we're based in Plymouth, Minnesota. Um, so in-house here, we have two doctors of physical therapy. We have three full-time sport performance coaches. We are adding a certified athletic trainer in two weeks. Can't wait for that. Um and then we also have a couple of sport, um, sport skill coaches, particularly football, that we work with. Um, and then we refer out for our sports psych and our sports nutrition side of things. We have some good working relationships with other local providers for that. So our goal is to really just provide a very holistic um, health and uh, fitness experience for athletes and active adults. Um, so I work with a wide variety of people. My youngest patient right now is 10. Um, and my oldest, who I see very occasionally when he is in town visiting his kids, is 93 now, I think. Wow. So it's, yeah. a, it's a really wide variety. Um, it's a lot of fun. But I would say I, I, I focus mostly on middle school through like young adult um, athletes all the way up to professional. And then again, the active adult who's like maybe 40 plus and is just finding that it takes a little bit more help and maintenance to maintain that healthy lifestyle or, um, you know, some of them are still very competitive athletes, um, but they just need a little bit, uh, more help and maintenance to stay performing at their peak. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Absolutely love it. And I love working with a, um, a variety of other providers and practitioners in a, uh, a group setting like this because uh, it, it just provides a, an awesome experience for our patients. If I've got somebody uh, coming back from a rehab, I can go out and talk to their sport performance coach even during their session with them um, and make sure that we're all on the same page and that that client is getting the best care possible. Right. Uh, and you meant you mentioned this, there's a psych on staff, right? Psychologist. So not on staff. No staff. Um, we okay. we Just... partner with a with a firm 
um, here in the Twin Cities. Uh, so we just refer out for most of that. Yeah. But they are excellent and they are a great resource um, on the sport performance side of things. But I most frequently refer to them after like a major injury mm. um, when people are having fear of movement, fear of activity, right. fear of return to competition, that kind of thing. Um, that's where I, I refer a lot of clients over to them because I can, you know, I can prove to them that they can do things in the gym and all of that. And there's, there's no, um, you know, danger of re-injury or anything mm -hmm. like that. But if you've got a little bit of a mental block, especially after, you know, a very traumatic and scary injury for a young athlete, um, they are a huge help on that end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And how much do you guys touch on nutrition, sleep, all those other fun sides of health? All of that. So um, we yeah. did have a dietitian in-house um, and she moved on to another position, but we still um, refer to her. She is excellent. So all of our clients, when they come in, um, we start with, you know, basic um nutrition for athletes. Um, they get a guidebook and then um, through the app that we just had, we can now link it in with MyFitnessPal. We can see their food tracking. We can make suggestions based on that. Um, nutrient timing, all of that good stuff. Um, that's a huge part of it because you can be working hard in PT, you can be working hard in the gym, but if you're not supporting it with those very basic things like good food, good sleep, stress management, that kind of thing. It's like building a house on a sandy foundation. <laughs> it's right. it's never going to work. And people don't like to spend time on those things because it's not flashy. It's not sexy. You can't post it on Instagram the way you can. You're like max lift or something like that. Um, but it it is the very basics that everything else is built upon. Um, 100%. Yep. I, I can't agree more with you. Again, that's where I've shifted the majority of my work. Um, and I, you know, precision nutrition and, and if anyone's not familiar with that, a lot of those aspects of, of again, setting that foundation for sure. And again, it's all mm -hmm. basic stuff. Just drink enough water, uh, yeah. set your bedroom up, like we call it sleep hygiene yep. uh, that, you know, it doesn't take a lot. It's, it's, it's little tweaks, but it does take a little bit of that. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's, here's the keys. It's just like one, two, three, boom, boom, yep. boom. Um, but yeah, it's definitely super necessary and it makes like, again, I mentioned, um, the financial analogy of the physical retirement plan. Uh, this stuff is like, you know, Hey, put a hundred bucks into a Roth IRA and compounding interest. That's going to turn into, you know, 5,000 bucks. And just by letting the hundred dollars sit there over yep. a few years, um, like why not? It's free money. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, leaving performance on the table. Um, yeah, very cool. I'm glad that, that, that's all. And, and so for the record folks, um, <laughs> Uh, again, the insurance, you know, we don't want to keep uh, picking on the insurance model, but you're probably not going to get a lot of those aspects with no. the traditional insurance model of PT. Yep. Uh, again, like I said, I've moved away from even, you know, I, I spent over $100,000 on my doctorate in physical therapy. And unfortunately, I've had to kind of move away from that term. Mm -hmm. Because again, it's associated with uh, electric stim, yep. uh, ultrasound, hot, you know, whatever, hot packs things like that. And so, and that's what most people's idea of physical therapy is. Um, and again, it's generally thought like, I'm only going to go there if I have like this injury that probably needs some time. If I have a little back pain, I'm, I'm going to go to the chiropractor and get a crack. Um, mm -hmm. And that's going to make me feel better. And I'm going to walk out of there and it doesn't necessarily solve the underlying issue, which is what we're, we're kind of talking about here. Um, but yeah, we're in this society not to again, overly pick on folks, but uh, of yeah, like, I need the quick fix. I need the pill. And 
Uh, yeah. we're, I'm not interested in, in, you know, really solving the thing for the long term. And hopefully I think COVID, one of the silver linings possibly is that maybe helped some people slow down, helped some people kind of see, you know, it seemed like uh, some people got, you know, the whatever COVID 19 pounds um, mm -hmm. gain <laughs> versus, uh, you know, picking up some Peloton stock went through the roof. So a lot of people got these $2,500 bikes rather than going to see, you know, uh, Dr. Molly and yep. spending $2,500 there is probably going to have a lot more ROI in the long term, right? You're going to learn a lot more. Uh, I, I don't know what the price, I'm not going to ask you your prices on in this public forum, but, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I would imagine even if you're charging and some top PTs are charging whatever, 250 a session. So even if you got 10 sessions, that's a lot of time. That's 10 hours mm -hmm. with a PT to learn a lot. And again, a good PT should be teaching you things that again, even after two or three sessions, you're probably going to know more uh, about your body than, you know, 90 something percent of the population. So I, yes. I you know, I think we can't even, uh, I don't even know where we can begin on <laughs> uh, just the, the fact it sounds like we get a lot, we, we, we have a very similar philosophy on a lot of these, these concepts. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, Again, it sounds like you you might even uh, you know you you're really deep into that space. Do you think that there's any changing insurance companies like uh, or you have you guys just given up and like you're just cash based or do you still think that there's some um, ways to you know communicate and on a big picture say hey like you guys are doing this wrong. Here's some different ways that based on the research, based on how we're practicing. Um, is there anything like that? Are you guys collecting any data like as a patient uh, outcome measures? You know, that's something that APTA did try to do at some point, I think. Mm -hmm. have a national data database uh, registry. I don't know where database was going. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, is there something there uh, with, you know? I mean, we're not formally collecting any information right now. Anecdotally, I can say that, you know, it's, it's far superior, but there's a... You know, I'd have to dig through all of my notes and and some of that stuff to find some some actual numbers on it. Um, I'm I don't think that insurance is ever going to. Um, I think it's just going to continue to take from PTs. I don't think it's ever going to add our ability to bill for other services, especially like preventative and maintenance and that kind of thing, because they can't put a number on. You know, yeah, maybe this prehab type stuff prevented an ACL tear, but we can't tell for sure that it did. And so they can't put a number on preventative or maintenance care. And so I don't think they're ever going to pay for it. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things. I think the more that we um, encourage the, the patient to see the value in prevention and health optimization, um, that's where the focus needs to be rather than chasing insurance companies that have shown time and time again that they don't care about patients, they don't care about providers, all they care about is uh, lining their own <laughs> pockets with good reason. You know, when it comes right down to it, it is a business. Um, you know, I think that's the one thing that patients can take away and remember it's like your insurance, it's, it, it doesn't, it's not going to be there to take care of you when, when you get hurt. Like it is not a person who's going to bring you a meal or, <laughs> you know, help you get around or that kind of thing. Uh, when it comes right down to it, it is a business and mm -hmm. it is a business run by, um, 
businessmen and financial people and that kind of thing, um, not necessarily doctors, healthcare providers, the people who have been in the trenches with patients, seeing the patient experience. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I've seen a few folks be really frustrated uh, with the ins on the insurance side where there's a, there's an argument to be made. And I think it's super interesting. I, again, the insurance power that be big insurance, if you want to call them that mm -hmm. um, probably has way too much power that nothing like this will ever happen. But when the insurance company is dictating and somebody sitting there who doesn't have any medical training, they have, mm -hmm. you know, they have insurance training, uh, yep. but they sometimes, I guess, uh, I don't want to, you know, speak too, overly generalized but yeah most of the time from our understanding as you know they're not super transparent with everything they do but most of the time when you speak to whatever company uh Aetna or or you know United Healthcare mm -hmm. uh, and you're speaking to an adjuster and they're telling you hey Dr. Molly like uh your patient is no longer no longer needs your services so we're not going to pay for any more that is on the border if not by definition practicing medicine without a license yes. which is a pretty significant um, <laughs> pretty significant charge. And again, yeah. like, I don't know if there would ever, again, I don't think, you know, in our wildest dreams, um, there'll ever be a class action lawsuit type thing there, but it's, it, it's something to bring up. And again, for the, the patient who's unfortunately being moved around like a pawn, if you will, on, mm -hmm. on, on these concepts, um, something that they, they should kind of have an understanding of, I think. And, and, uh, like you said, you know, that, that they're not interested in your health. No. They're, you know, it's nice to have them, like you said, it's, but, but it's, yeah, they're not the ones who are going to show up and, and bring you chicken noodle soup. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, but the other part that that leads me to is similarly, and again, I'd be super curious if this is something you have a post of, because I'll admit I haven't looked at every single post. I have reposted mm -hmm. a bunch of your stuff, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but um, the concept where, and, I, and again, I've spoken with a few folks in the corporate space with companies. Mm -hmm. And I say to them, like, if an ACL surgery or uh, whatever surgery costs you, the company, $50,000, and a company of 100 people, let's say, mm -hmm. why wouldn't you bring someone like me on to be on call and pay me $100,000? And Absolutely. I would take that bet any day of the week that I can help avoid two surgeries a year, at yep. least. So I'll be worth $100,000. Um, and I'm sure that the significance in productivity that you're getting from, again, having more energy, not worrying about injuries, not losing time because of injuries, mm -hmm. all these different things, getting better sleep. And actually, I know um, my wife's a sex and relationship therapist. Uh, one of her uh, people in the space, she goes to a lot of corporations and says, hey, if you're having better sex, you're going to be a more productive employee. And she sells yep. that whole concept. And like, it's, it's literally sexier than what we're trying to talk about of like, yes. Hey, I'm going to make your elbow feel better. I'm going to give you better shoulder range of motion. Like, but it's, it's that physical freedom, um, to say, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, we're providing this value. So yeah, I don't know if again, there's, there's a way to say again, an ACL surgery costs, you know, this much lost time. It's a year recovery generally, however much yep. physical therapy that is, you know, that's where, you know, maybe go through the insurance system if, you, if you're going through that, because you are going to need uh, however many weeks. And if you can't afford to pay a cash-based PT, whatever that's going to be. Uh, again, I went through the ACL reconstruction process and rehab, and I, luckily I, it was right after I, I graduated uh, with my doctorate, my first job, really, <laughs> uh, that I toured. If anyone wants to see that, it's under YouTube here, uh, ACL Bye Bye. 
you want to <laughs> type that in and it's for a grainy footage from 2008 me playing a little pickup football and pop goes the acl anyway Bam. but uh yeah did, do you do you think uh is, is there anything on that corporate side where again that's talking more to direct marketing mm-hmm. right um and i do see some of that stuff out in the space and i'll i'll share the last kind of story before i shut up um is i, I actually had an opportunity to do something like that for philip morris um, cool. And I just, I, well, <laughs> uh, oh, maybe not. <laughs> I, no, I was like, well, Philip Morris is, is, you know, a, a cigarette company, tobacco company. So I'm like, mm-hmm. no work or ultimately, you know, it kind of feels misaligned with my use. Um, yeah. so I was, I, I kind of ended up uh, not taking that job partly because I'm, you know, they are probably one of the biggest causes of chronic disease in the world. Yep. Um, and so I'm like, ah, I'm going to go ahead and, and avoid that. But, um, you know, yeah. So back to you is, is, uh, is there anything on the corporate side? Um, do you think there's there, you've seen any of that stuff? Are you guys doing any of that within Minnesota? Yeah, we're working on it. We, uh, work with a couple of, uh, corporations as far as creating, um, kind of custom wellness solutions. Um, one of the things that I'm most excited about right now is, um, with my athletic training background, um, I just developed a novel concussion protocol for Canterbury Park and running aces, which is a thoroughbred racing and a harness racing track uh, tracks um, in Minnesota for their jockeys. Because up hmm. until now, um, there has been no requirement for any type of concussion protocol for those athletes, um, even though they are arguably at the highest risk that I can imagine, you know, they're going 40 miles an hour, their head is nine feet off the ground. There are (laughs) a dozen other animals around them um, and all of that. So that is super interesting and exciting. um, And I am excited to watch that program expand. Um, But I mean, right there, that is a huge um, protective mechanism for the, for the company. Because if we are catching even just a few concussions a year, that is taking somebody who is not safe to be riding and putting everybody else at risk. Um, we're, we're eliminating or greatly reducing a lot of that risk for, for the company. So, you know, can you put a, a number on that? Not yet. But that hmm. is something that we are hoping to do. We're going to be collecting some data this year. Um as far as the rest of the kind of the corporate ro- world goes, um, I think PTs are perfectly positioned to um, take a new kind of C-suite position, a chief wellness officer mm-hmm. within a company. Um, you know, imagine if a big a big company had somebody like that at the top who is in charge of creating custom wellness programs for um, those those uh, employees based on what their personal needs are right there. There is a huge reduction in overall healthcare expenditures. And then that person is also in a great position to help figure out what insurance options they may need for their employees and then counseling those employees on um, which one might be the best fit for them. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and if it's a small company, maybe they do some PT right there. Maybe they help with some um, dietary counseling and and that kind of thing. Or maybe it's much larger and and more global as well, depending on the size of the company. Maybe it's a little bit less hands-on touching patients on a regular (laughs) basis. But 
Um, right there, I think that that is a huge value add um, for some of these companies. Um, you know, keeps your people healthy, keeps them happy. It makes them feel cared for by their employer. Um, and I think that could be a total game changer um, moving forward into these times where people are more focused on uh, preventative health and health optimization. For sure. I love that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see yeah, how, if I can play a role in some of those things. Uh, but I guess, and that leads me to another hopefully fun question. If you have like two or three, probably we can say non-traditional tests that uh, either you guys are already doing or, or you think that almost everyone should kind of go through, whether it's something like the FMS, functional movement screen. Right now, again, most people, when we ask them about fitness or wellness or health, they're like, well, my blood pressure is this, mm -hmm. and my cholesterol is this, and my resting heart rate, maybe if they're a little fancier, is yep. that. And I, I saw you had the Apple Watch, I think. I use yep. the Whoop here, um, which has a little toothpaste on it, I guess. Um, <laughs> I just noticed. <laughs> but yeah, is there any, I don't know if you have like two or three top tests that you would recommend. Uh, again, most people, I have a few in my mind. I just wanted to see where we lined up, maybe on that. But uh, that, again, most people probably either wouldn't know to do unless they saw someone like mm -hmm. you or I. And uh, yeah, did you have like three? Let's 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 pick top three. If yeah, if you Start if you three. dare. Okay. Well, we have a move. <laughs> we have a movement screen that we do here. That is a combination of. There's a couple of FMS moves on there. There's some mm -hmm. SFMA, and then there's some you know just general movement tests that we do, and we can add in some sport specific things, especially for some yeah. of like our overhead athletes because we work with a lot of them. Um, and so I think that that is an awesome thing that everybody should be doing. It just checks out your overall range of motion, strength, stability, um, preferred movement patterns throughout mm -hmm. your entire body. And it can be administered in less than 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and it's something that it would be great if we could add that into like your annual physical your annual physical or your student athlete physical that you need before i don't know if it's like that in colorado but in minnesota you have to get a, a physical if you're going to participate in high school athletics um and you know when i remember participating in athletics all they did to check your um <laughs> your orthopedic your your entire body is um a patellar tendon reflex and a duck walk which mm. i'm like what in the heck is that going to show you? And in all reality, yeah. the vast majority of, of young athletes and healthy people, um, their risk of having an issue is going to be orthopedically related. So right. why don't we spend a little bit more time diving into that and um, looking for movement patterns or anything like that that could indicate a risk for injury and then actually addressing it. Um, but knowledge is power. First, helping hmm. people to see those problems um, and then putting some of that control back in their hands as far as what they do with that information, um, I think is really important and really key. Um, and we, we have all of our athletes and our clients here do that movement screen on a yearly mm -hmm. basis at yeah. a minimum. Um, and so it's fun to see how things, um, progress and change the longer that they're with us. Um, or as they're growing, we're dealing with a lot mm -hmm. of growing mm -hmm. athletes and how, uh, that alters things as well, but it's fun to kind of give them that timeline of, you know, this is working, um, kind of thing. For sure. So yeah. that's only one thing, really. That's uh, only you, one thing. <laughs> do you, that's do you true. have <laughs> technically, I mean, if that definitely covers it. And again, I have a similar concept, uh, I call it my 21 point 
checkup, like you sure. go to the you know car mechanic and they give you the 60 point inspection. So yeah, for me, the other part uh, is is like the primal movement patterns, which I'm sure you guys kind of probably like you, you alluded to, yep. is the, there's seven movement patterns that everybody kind of can do. Mm -hmm. uh, and usually I'll, you know, people are really bad at hinging. Um, yep. <laughs> it's just something that's not really Very taught. Bad. And yeah, so, so stuff like that. But yeah, are there, are there maybe two other like, big picture tests that that uh folks can go do like right now well i think another thing that you know this is slightly outside of pt um but just like a nutrition assessment mm. like once a year i think that would be huge it's like okay track your intake for a week check mm -hmm. in with a dietitian not everybody needs a huge um, you know, meal plan or anything like that, but it's like, okay, let's make sure that we're getting enough, um, fuel, um, because a lot of people are under fueling in this mm -hmm. world and that's leading to a lot of chronic issues. You're getting mm -hmm. enough micronutrients, all of that good stuff, because, uh, what you put in your body is just as important as what you do with it. Um, and there's a lot of misinformation out there, um, when it comes to nutrition and, mm -hmm. you know, keto is going to fix everything and, <laughs> and all yeah. of that stuff. So, um, you know, having something that's a little bit more personalized um, right. and making sure that what you're putting in your body is optimizing everything that you do with it, I think mm -hmm. is absolutely key. Um, yeah, no. yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that's not, there's so many great resources out there these days that can make that very, very easy and convenient for, um, for a client. Yeah, for sure. My only, I guess, pushback on that is yep. it's, it, you can definitely end up going to somebody who doesn't know what the heck they're talking about or oh, is yeah. pushing something that isn't really going to solve the issues and isn't looking at the underlying uh, stuff going on. So if it's less holistic, yep. you know, that, I, and I don't know, again, maybe you have a better answer of how do we, if you have someone who you trust, and yep. like uh, you mentioned earlier, that's phenomenal to have that referral source. But if you're just somebody looking for uh, you know, this, this golden, whatever, uh, coin in this sea of Google and WebMD yep. and, you know, who do I go to? And, uh, you know, I, people ask me too about registered dietitians and I say, I can't generalize and say a registered dietitian is your best bet or a new, you know, a nutritionist because there's so many different certifications. Yep. Um, I do, I do like the precision nutrition concept. So if somebody has the, that behind them, um, at least they they probably have a little bit more of a, a holistic view again, mm -hmm. uh, where it's talking about actual eating habits. It's not about creating meal plans. It's things like that. So I do think I 100% agree that we should be having some version of that. But mm -hmm. I think we're very far from any kind of standardization, or at least uh, oh yeah, yeah. And I've just heard That's so many horror stories of of you know oh they they're doing the same cookie cutter thing for everybody, or you know just. Yeah, I don't want to be too negative. We've already yeah, been no, negative. Yeah, no, 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 not a no, I totally get where you're coming from with that kind of thing and I think it's very difficult to standardize that across the board, but I think it's it's a a good starting point for a lot of people is to just start networking um with nutrition experts whether that's, you know, somebody with a certification, a registered yeah. dietitian, whatever, who mm -hmm. shares the same values that you have when it comes to healthcare. Um, and then who also has experience with the kind of patients that you see, right. um, that is, that is absolutely key. You know, dietitians are great, but not every dietitian knows how to work with athletes. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, a key thing is finding and, you know, it can take some time and it's, 
you know, you are going to uh, struggle sometimes to find somebody who who works with you, but it's just one of those things, put some feelers out there and I think it can be hugely helpful. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna push you for that third one. We, we covered one. two. You have your kind of movement screen, whatever version that is. Yeah. Um, and then you have your nutritional assessment, mm -hmm. um, which is phenomenal. And then, yeah, is there a third test? I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, like the, the where I'm coming from a little bit, uh, yep. since I put you on the spot a little, no, is something okay. like the, the mod the Cooper test. Uh, if you're, if, if you're familiar, the listeners aren't familiar is, is it's a 12 minute, 12 minutes. How far can you go? You know, how far can you run? That's it. And there's standardization out there. There's uh, numbers you can look at, um, things like that. So to me, like, that's a really cool thing to get somebody to care about more than their cholesterol. Um, yeah. Not that we should just totally ignore cholesterol, but there's different conversations and nuances that we can go down that path. But something like the Cooper test or your grip strength, because those mm -hmm. have been sh shown to significantly correlate to uh, longevity and quality of life. Or again, leg strength is something that, you know, uh, again, has been shown to correlate to that. Cause again, if you fall down, can you get back up, uh, yep. as, as we get older? So, and building that in your twenties, thirties, forties is going to give you that ret physical retirement, yep. uh, in, into your seventies and eighties where, you know, and, and beyond at this point, I mean, the goal I think is to be one twenty still running around hopefully, mm -hmm. but so I don't That'd know if you have awesome. a third, yeah, I don't know if you have a third, whatever, if we want to call it a vital sign. Yeah, uh, for sure. So with some of my, especially like with my active adults, something I'll do with them is like a three minute step up test. Mm -hmm. um, we find a box that is about as high as their uh, like tibial plateau. Or, yep. Okay, yeah. um, and then for three minutes, we are doing step ups, alternating legs. Um, mm -hmm. And then we check their heart rate immediately after. And then... Um, after five minutes of recovery there. Um, and also counting how many step-ups did they get um, and then getting some subjective information from them after the fact, because that's testing leg strength, which as you said, is huge for overall function, especially as we're getting older. Um, we are testing our cardiovascular, our heart rate recovery, all of that good stuff. Um, and then we can, it's also a great way to watch their mechanics, um, mm -hmm. especially as they fatigue, because yeah. um, that's where injury is going to occur, especially with some of those hip, knee, ankle type issues. You know, ACL is scary for everybody, no matter how old you are. <laughs> oh, how old yeah. you are! Um, but kind of watching, watching what happens with their mechanics as they fatigue, and then you can keep track of those metrics from year to year or decade mm -hmm. to decade, um, and see are we able to maintain or even improve this as we get older. Um, because sometimes as we get older, just maintaining, um, is a huge, huge, huge deal. Um, but yeah, I love a test like that for, um, just overall fitness and function. Perfect. I love that. Um, and there is a workout in the CrossFit space called, I think it's called prison yard. Cause all you need is that box and it's actually 15 minutes yep. of how many step ups can you do and. Yeah. <laughs> 15 minutes is great, but that takes a lot of time in the yeah. clinic. And, yeah. Uh, some of my clients, even the pretty fit ones, uh, especially some of my active adults might not make it that long. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's one of those though. If you have a pretty competitive person oh, yeah. and they're, and they're ready to be sore also, cause if you, if you haven't done that many step ups, yep. but for somebody who's, who's into, you know, I'm out here in Colorado, a lot of people do these 14ers and hiking and things like yep. that. 
um, you know, and some people are going to do that with, uh, there was also like these hero workouts in CrossFit that mm -hmm. you, you, you do it with a vest on and 20 pounds or 30 pounds. And again, there's yep. some, some ways, uh, you know, uh, you can actually properly progress that and train to, you know, expose folks to that so that they are getting better at hiking. Uh, and if, if, you know, uh, I've, I've gotten the pleasure to work with some folks that have gone up on Everest and, uh, done some hiking in Antarctica and all these different things. And, um, and help and see them train. And, you know, if they're just on a stepper for four hours watching two or three Netflix shows or movies, uh, I've, I, I jumped on, we had one in New York, uh, it was like a very, uh, you know, interesting setup and we would have that and I'd jump on there for like an hour and I'm like, okay, enjoy the next four hours of your life, like on here. But you know, it, it is what it is of, uh, some interesting ways of, again, that, what are they training for? Uh, but I love that test. And again, it's even, even at three minutes is giving us a lot of good information. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I really like that you're adding in those like data points of, of movement, uh, breakdown, if you will. And, and, uh, yeah, the Cooper test also tends to look at, uh, I think the proper way to do it is how much does your heart rate recover after one minute and then two minutes. Uh, and there's, you know, uh, numbers that we're looking for there. So very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to be respectful of your time and, um, All coming right. up on the hour and, uh let's just uh let's uh is there anything else that we haven't covered that you wanted to on on some of these topics that i'm missing um i don't think so i think we've covered a lot of it unless you <laughs> have anything else covered a lot of stuff in almost an hour yeah yeah <laughs> solved all the I world's like problems yeah there you go like that. that's that's always my fun joke uh there for sure um yeah very cool so uh one more time let people know where they can find you on online yeah, um, so our clinic is called Inspired Athletics. Um, athletics is spelled A-T-H-L-E-T-X. Um, so you can find us on all the socials there. Um, if you're a rehab professional or any other kind of healthcare professional, definitely check us out at Free Movement, F-R-E-E-M-V-M-T. And we're most active on Instagram and Facebook um, with that. And then I always love connecting um, on my personal Facebook page with other PTs and other rehab and healthcare professionals. Um, and I'm just Molly King, M-O-L-L-Y-K-I-N-G. So um, I look forward to connecting with some of you and thank you for having me on. This has been really fun. Thank you for being here. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate it again. One more time, if you guys like the conversation, don't forget to share with someone you think will benefit from it. Uh, anyone in the, any clinicians in an insurance space, that's actually, I think, one of the biggest uh, targets, as much as we need to market directly to patients, that might mm -hmm. be the slow grassroots approach, I guess, but also people who are in uh, cash-based practices on the insurance side, oh, sorry, uh, the insurance-based practices uh, in, in the PT space, I think those are folks that we need to make sure that uh, either they're elevating their game there <laughs> or yep. pushing back with insurance companies. Cause I, I, that was why I asked the question about, can we get to some insurance folks or, or which again, that's probably less likely um, versus, you know, trying to uh, really make some change to those insurance based models, um, yep. which are, are going to have to change because again, reimbursement is just going down. So, uh, yep. you know, it's, it's going to be a mother or a necessity as the mother of, of invention. So, mm -hmm. uh, they'll eventually have to catch up to hopefully what some folks are doing now in terms of that cash based space. So anyway, uh, but yeah, guys, if you, if you liked it, share it with someone you think will benefit from this conversation again, subscribe, like, share, uh, comment, ask questions, send them directly to Molly or me. 
And other than that, we'll see you guys next time. Hope you got 1% better today and you can stay on Molly. We